You know, as I was getting ready for this message, I was thinking about a lot of you who are so very good at looking at the world with grateful eyes. Uh, so many of you are thankful. And it's not only that you're thankful, it's that you have become good at feeling thankful and then letting it exit your body via vocal cords and actually giving thanks. Because there's a big difference, isn't there, between feeling grateful and expressing that gratefulness and feeling thankful and expressing that thankfulness. You can feel thankful and never give thanks. Did you know that? Uh, and so many of you are great at that, and I'm so grateful for that. I learn from many of you in this regard. Some of us in the room are not really good at giving thanks. Could be a whole host of reasons. Sometimes, uh, as goofy as it sounds, busyness sometimes keeps us from being thankful. Sometimes we may feel thankful, but our schedule is so hectic, we look at our phones and see all that we have to do on our calendar and go, oh my gosh, I've got to do all of that this week. And we forget to express thanks to others, to God. We forget to be grateful in life. And sometimes it's busyness. Sometimes it's more than that. Sometimes our mental condition, our mental state, our mental health, sometimes mental illness can keep us from living a thankful life. Sometimes what's going on in here can keep us from living that grateful life. But it isn't always just what's going on inside of us. Sometimes in life, the things that are pressing down upon us also can tend to keep us from being thankful in our lives. Uh, sometimes issues that we're experiencing, difficulties that we're walking through. You know the whole list, right? Sometimes it's a job. Sometimes it's a big decision that's coming. Sometimes it's health. Uh, oftentimes when we either experience physical unwellness or somebody that we love experiences physical unwellness, it consumes us. And it's hard for us to live thankful lives when somebody that we love is suffering physically or even we are suffering physically. Sometimes it's relationships. You know that one relationship that if it's going south, it kind of torpedoes everything in your life, right? And you can't, for the life of you, you can't seem to be thankful and live gratefully. So there's a lot of reasons that it might be hard for some of us. Some of us might be busy. It might be on the inside for some of us. For some of us, it might be on the outside and we're just struggling through the circumstances of life. Uh, but this morning, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself, not just thinking about Thanksgiving, but anytime anybody has ever asked, implied, hinted, or commanded you to do something, have you ever responded with, perhaps not out loud, but maybe thinking, what's in it for me? Has that ever happened to you? Am I the only one in the room that's ever absolutely for sure had that thought? Uh, certainly never when you've asked me to do anything. But have you ever struggled with that thought before when somebody says, hey, I need you to do this, and you think to yourself, what's the win for me? What's in it for me? If you see your notes this morning, you see that we're playing with that idea today. 
The title of the message is Thanksgiving. Why should I? That's another, that's a sophisticated way of saying what's in it for me. Why should I live a thankful life? Why should I live a grateful life? I, I wanted to share two sermons this year as we get close to Thanksgiving that prepares our hearts for Thanksgiving. Uh, and not just the moment that we sit around the table and stuff ourselves full of turkey or whatever it is that you're going to be having at your Thanksgiving feast. But I want you to, to be cognizant of the idea that thankfulness has been around a lot longer than Thanksgiving Day. Thankfulness is a biblical thought. It's been around for thousands of years. And this morning, I think that sometimes if we're struggling with thankfulness, what helps us is to remember why it's important. To, to take a step back and say, I know I'm busy or maybe there's some things going on in the inside or I've got these circumstances that are pressing down on me. But sometimes when we take a step back and say, why is this important again? It helps us to orient ourselves, And perhaps if we do that this morning, we will be ready for the next two weeks as we navigate our lives through a season of Thanksgiving. Did you know... Did you know that being thankful is good for your life? I'm going to give you four ways it's good for your life. Uh, number one, did you know that thankfulness increases your physical well-being? Now, we've got some doctors in the house, and, and I'm sure that they could stand up this morning and testify that grateful, thankful human beings tend to have better physical lives than other like thankfulness there's a medical thing behind being thankful it it actually helps your physical life but it isn't just your physical life that is helped did you know that also in addition to your physical health thankfulness helps your psychological health and some of you may be sitting there this morning going i need some psychological help <laughs> thankfulness helps that it's good for your physical body. It's good for your psychological well-being. Did you know that thankfulness helps your sleep patterns? You know those when you're watching television and those commercials come on? Do you struggle with falling asleep? Do you struggle to stay asleep? Do you often wake up in the middle of the night and can't go back to sleep? Do you wake up too early and can't fall back asleep? And then they're like, try this. Thankfulness. It's proven that thankfulness helps sleep patterns. It's good for your physical body. It's good for your psychological well-being. It's good for your ability to go to sleep. Thankfulness also increases your personal relationships. Now, you know this. I don't have to spend 30 seconds on this. You put somebody who's bitter and always in a bad mood right here, and you put somebody who lives thankfully and with gratitude in their heart right here, and there'll be way more people that'll gravitate over here. It helps your personal relationships. Now, you know, if you've been here before, you already know that you don't come here and I don't get up on this platform to talk to you about all of these studies and how this has been proven. I love to open the word of God. And we're going to open the word of God this morning and answer the question, Thanksgiving, why should I? What's in it for me? As you look dead on to the next two weeks, thinking about Thanksgiving and having gratitude in your heart, why, 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 why do we need to be thankful 
I want to share with you this morning out of God's Word. I'm glad we have all of these uh, physical benefits and psychological benefits and sleep benefits and personal relationship benefits, but I want you to see the theological reasons that we can live and should live with thanksgiving. Now, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading this morning from a couple of different places. The first one that I'm going to be reading from is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. And if you're making notes this morning on your page, would you write down uh, that number one, giving thanks is the will of God. So as we're asking the question, why should I give thanks? If doing what God wants you to do is important to you, and I hope that it's important to each person who's sitting here this morning, I want you to know that living with thanksgiving in your life is a part of what it means to live in the will of God. It is God's will for us to live thankfully. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So chapter 5 is the last chapter of the book of 1 Thessalonians. Paul's writing to this church and he has taken them all over the place. And he's talked to them about this important topic and that important topic. And he's, he's starting to wrap it up. And he's wrapping it up by just reminding them a couple of important things, like going down the list. And he goes down the list starting in verse 12. It says, listen, respect those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord and respect the people who admonish you and make sure that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. And he goes on, the second bullet point, be at peace among yourself. That's a good piece of advice, right? Be at peace among yourself. And he says, we urge you, we admonish, make sure that you admonish the idle people. Encourage the people who are faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with everybody. That's a good word for us as Thanksgiving Day comes close, right? Be patient with everybody. See to it that nobody pays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And then he writes verse 18. Here's what it says. Verse 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, if you're looking at that this morning going, wait just a second. He said, in all circumstances, what is going on with that? He did. Can you believe that the Apostle Paul said that you and I, this church, and all who are in Christ are to give thanks in all circumstances. You know, we just talked about some really hard dynamics of life that press down on our soul oftentimes. We talked about problems at our jobs. We talked about relationship issues. We talked about financial issues. We talked about those issues that we don't even know that's coming. We just got a bad report from the doctor and what the future holds. We have no idea. And in the midst of all of that, Paul is laying in our lap this command that in all things we're to give thanks. How? How do we do that? How, how do we execute verse 18 in our lives? I want to share with you three thoughts, three reasons, in fact. Three reasons that no matter what your circumstance is today, you can give thanks. And I don't say that lightly. 
I know some of the heavy hearts that are in this room. I know some of the broken and bleeding hearts that are in this room. I know some of the difficulty, some of the hurt, some of the trauma, some of the brokenness that we all experience in life. And so when I say in all things and in every circumstance, give thanks, I just want you to hear my heart this morning. I'm not making light of the difficulty that you're facing. What I'm saying to you is that there's a way to acknowledge the difficulty of the circumstance and still give thanks. And here's the key. If you'll look with me in verse 18, this is the key. Verse 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God. Look at that phrase in Christ Jesus. These three things that I'm about to share with you are true for people who are in Christ Jesus. These three things that I'm about to share with you are true for people who are Jesus followers. I'm not saying that they're true for people who simply believe in the existence of God. I'm not saying that they're true for people who to go to church 50% or more of the time. I'm not saying that they're true for people who have thoughts about religious things outside of worship time. I'm saying these things are true for people who have had that conversion experience where you have said, you know what? I am giving my life to Christ. I am turning from my old way and I'm going to be in Christ Jesus from now on. If you have said that, you have three great reasons that you can be thankful in all circumstances. The first has to do with looking in the past. And if you would, if you'd write this word down this morning, you may not know exactly what it means yet, but would you write it down? The word is justification. One of the reasons that you can be thankful in your present day circumstances is because if you're in Christ at one point in your timeline going back in the past, you experienced justification. That is a really awesome sounding fancy word that means you found peace with God. You came to a place in your life where you found salvation in Jesus Christ. You found peace with God. That's the moment where your sins were forgiven. That's the moment where God saved your soul. That's the moment that you crossed the threshold from being religious to having eternal life. I mean, that is the huge moment in our lives. And listen, if, you have in, if you're in Christ, you can look back at whatever situation and whatever circumstance you're facing today, financial, relational, Physical, emotional, all of those circumstances that can weigh in on us and be difficult. We can look back and I can say, I have experienced justification. So sitting here today, I can be thankful because I have peace with God. Even in this hard moment, even in this difficult time, even in this unknown season of life, I can be thankful because I have peace with God here in this storm. That's one. Second. While we're talking about fancy theological words, would you write down the word sanctification? As you look to the past and you look at justification, I have been justified when I gave my life to Christ. But what about now? What in the here and now? What about in the present? 
If that's in the past, what's in the present? Sanctification. And sanctification is the gloriously uncomfortable process of God working in our life to turn us into who God wants for us to be. That's what sanctification is. It's what God is doing in our life today to shape us, to mold us, to bend us, to form us, to be who it is that God wants for us to be. It doesn't happen by default. We don't say yes to Jesus and then snap our fingers and clap our hands and then all of a sudden we're who God wants us to be. It's this process in which God is faithful in our lives and, and, and dives deep into our soul to those quiet places that nobody really knows about and shapes and forms and prunes and removes and puts in. And it is a glorious process, but it's also uncomfortable sometimes. Why can I be thankful today? Why can you be thankful today? Because if you're in Christ, right in this moment as we speak, God is at work in your life. Whatever's happening around you may be difficult. And the storms that may swirl around inside of you may be real. But you know what also is real? The faithfulness of God. And he is at work in you. So how can I be thankful in all circumstances? By looking at justification. By looking at sanctification. And by looking to the future, glorification. You may sit in a problem seat today and your life may be the very picture of struggle. But I can promise you that the goodness of God and the kingdom of God will far outlive your current circumstance. And the fact that if we are in Christ, if we have peace with God through Jesus, we can look through circumstances and see Revelation 20 come to fulfillment. We can look through circumstances and see 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 come into fruition. We can look through the difficulties as big as they may be, as real as they may be, as significant as they may be, either outwardly pressing in on you or inwardly. But we can see through those moments and those difficulties and we can see that what is to come is the victory of God, not just, not just over death, but in our lives. We will be glorified. We will experience the glorified body. We will live in the glory of God Almighty. And what is to come is far better if you are in Christ than any challenge that you face today. That's why I plead with you today. Make sure that you are in Christ. Make sure 
that you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning, as we ask the question, uh, Thanksgiving, why should I, what's in it for me? Why should I be a person who is living a thankful life? The first answer that we've looked at this morning is because it's the will of God. It is the will of God for us to be thankful in all circumstances. And we just answered the question, how we can actually live and why we can actually live thankfully in all circumstances. Now, the second thing that we're going to look at this morning is when we ask why give thanks, the first answer was it's the will of God. The second answer is because God deserves it. It's something that God uh, is deserving of. It's something that by his very nature, as God Almighty, we are people who should give thanks to God. I think I just said that in a very confusing way, but what I'd like to do is to share with you some scriptures that talk about the fact that God deserves the thanksgiving and the gratitude of people. I'm going to share with you two scriptures. If you're making notes, they're both from Psalm. Psalm 107 and then Psalm 7. I want to share these two scriptures with you because they shape the way that we think about giving thanks to God. I want you to hear this this morning as we as I share this with you, Psalm 107, verse 1, this is what God's word says. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. It goes on to say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and he's gathered in from the lands. Do you see? Did you hear that text? Give thanks to the Lord for two reasons. Both have to do with his character. He is good. And the kind of love that he loves us with endures forever. It's not the fickle kind of love. It's not the kind of love that is powerful and passionate for a moment and then it fades. It's not the kind of love that gets turned on and off. It's not the kind of love that you have to wonder, when I wake up this morning, is God going to love me? Is this a good day or a bad day? An on day or an off day? A day that God will love me or a day that God will withhold his love? The scripture says that we're to give thanks to God because his very character and nature is good and because the love that he expresses to his creation endures for all times. Because of who God is, he deserves thanksgiving. Psalm 7, I'll share this one with you as well. If you're writing notes this morning, it's Psalm 7, verse 17. It says, I will give thanks to the Lord, the thanks due to his righteousness. Do you see that the psalmist appeals to the character, to the nature of God when the psalmist says, I will give thanks to God. The thanks that is due his righteousness. He calls on the characteristics of God. And he says, God deserves my thanks. He is good. He is righteous. And he is loving. I will give my thanks to the God who exhibits those qualities. I want to take a step further. Because the psalmist is saying God deserves Thanks for who he is true. Also, God deserves thanks for what he does. And this morning, what I'd like to do is to take a step beyond 
just saying that God is good and that God is loving and that God is righteous. And I want to share with you some things that are true for you and I, some things that God has done in our life. Now, I, again, I say to you, I don't mean to minimize the difficulties that you face, but what I want to do is to maximize and highlight, even in difficult moments, things that are true of how God has worked in your life. Again, these are things are true for all of us if we're in Christ. If we are in Christ, I'm about to give to you a list of things that are true. So not only do we see in the scripture that God is good, but we see the manifestation of that good in our lives. We can look at each other's lives and see that that's true. We can see that God is righteous and we can see that his love is enduring for all seasons. And we can know that about his character, but we can look at our lives and see that that's demonstrated as true even today. I'm going to share with you some ways. If you're making notes this morning, I'm going to give you an entire list. Number one, would you write down the word life? I don't know if you know this or not but you're alive. You got in your automobile and drove or rode here and you lived through that. Congratulations. You made it into the building and here you sit. Your heart is beating. Your mind is thinking. Your arteries are working. They're carrying blood flow through your body. You are alive. And if you're in Christ, you're also spiritually alive. And do you know that God does not owe us this day? And yet, as a tremendous gift, he gave it to us. He is good. He's given us this gift. But more and onward, life you have essential needs that God has met. I'm not saying that you have all your wants. I'm not saying you have everything just the way you want it. But you have your essential needs met. You are all clothed. Praise God. You all have a place to sleep tonight. Praise God. You all not only have food. But you have the ability mostly to say, what do I want to eat for lunch? Have you ever thought about how crazy of a question it is that we get to ask that question? Not, will I eat lunch? But that you and I have this incredible privilege of saying, what do I want to eat for lunch? It's incredible. The vast majority of the world can't ask that. We have essential needs met and then some. Life, essential needs. If you're making notes, would you write down this phrase? Loving community. Now, I realize that in your life, there may be very few places that you would look at and go, that is my loving community. Students, I know that school is difficult for you oftentimes. 
And when you think about the descriptive words for what it means to go to your school, you may not be thinking of words like love and compassion and mercy. You may go to school at a place where there's a lot of sarcasm, where there's a lot of backbiting, where uh, people love to watch people fail and classmates like to make fun of each other. And you may think, man, I spend so much time at school and that is definitely a not loving community. I hope that's not your experience, but I know for a fact that for many people that is. Uh, adults who are in the workforce, you may be spending 60 hours of your week at a place that is anything but a loving community, right? It is produce, produce, produce. Don't bring your outside in here. I don't want to care about your problems. Just produce. That's not loving. The students may experience a non-loving community, adults, you as well. Some of you are here uh, and, and you live, I say this with respect, you live in a home that you may not even classify as a loving community. It may be hostile for you. It may be hard for you. The people who are living there, some of you may even struggle by saying, I struggle to think of my home as a loving community because I'm the only one that lives there. And so I don't think of it as a community, right? So there's lots of different pockets of our existence where we may look at our, our rhythm of life and the circles of, that we run in. We may not say it's a loving community. And here's what I mean when I say loving community. God has given us each other. And this is a loving community. Now, even as I say that, I've got to qualify. We are not perfect. And we have never loved anybody perfectly. But we keep trying. With the love of God in us, this is not just a place that you come to to absorb a worship service. This is a place that you're loved. We're serious about loving people here. We don't do it perfectly. We don't do it flawlessly. It's very bumpy sometimes. But we're very, very convicted that this is to be a place where people can experience the love and the kingdom of God that they may not experience in the kingdom of man. And God has given that to you. He has brought you to be a part of a community that truly, truly loves one another. And so as we think to ourselves, why should I thank God? Because he's given us life. He's given us our needs. He's given us a community of people, even if it's only one community of people where I'm really loved. You have at least one if you're here this morning, and it's us. We're not perfect, but we keep trying. You have a community that loves you. You have the spirit of God that works inside of you. If you are in Christ, the good news is that God dwells and sees and is at work in your life. God doesn't just sit in heaven and go, oh girl, I hope you figure it out. God doesn't just sit in heaven and say, hey, Pastor Zach, good luck. The Spirit of God is at work in us. And so we can enter into 
a tough season of life and still thank God. Why? Because before I walked into that tough season of life, the Spirit of God was at work in me. And as I stand and walk through that tough season of life, the Spirit of God is at work in me. And long after that tough season of life is over, you know what still be happening? The Spirit of God will still be working inside of me. I can thank God, not because my troubles aren't real, because they are. And not because they're insignificant, because they're significant. I can thank God because he walks by my side through it all. And he's faithful. The Spirit of God is at work in us. We have purpose. We have confident hope. All of these things are true, even today, if you're in Christ. So thanksgiving. Why should I? Because it's the will of God. Why should I? Because God deserves it. Why should I? Number three. Because thanksgiving is what I bring into the presence of God. It's what I come into the presence of God to worship with. It's a key characteristic of a child of God coming into the presence of Almighty God. If you're making notes this morning, would you write down Psalm 100? I just want to read this over you and with you and for you. If you're making notes, it's the fourth verse of Psalm 100. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. I don't think that the psalmist accidentally wrote, enter his gates with thanksgiving. I don't think that he was rushed to finish up the psalm. And so he's like, enter his gates with what? What am I going to write here? I don't know. I'm in a hurry. Let me just write thanksgiving. No, I think this was intentional. And I think that God inspired the author to write this. And I think that God intentionally preserved it and transmitted it down through the ages. So as we read it, it's how God intended it. Enter the courts of God with thanksgiving. But sometimes, if I'm honest with you, embarrassingly, I would say, I enter the, the presence of God with complaints. I feel embarrassed to admit that to you, but sometimes my heart is a little sideways with God. And when I fold my hands and close my eyes and bow my head to pray, I come into his presence with complaints, not thanksgiving. God, why is it like this? Oh, God, the world should feel sorry for me. The psalmist says, come into his courts with thanksgiving. And I think that the psalmist was intentional when he wrote that word. So why? Because that's how. Why, why should I live my life with thanksgiving? Because that's the way that I come into the presence of God. It is the will of God for me to live with thanksgiving. God deserves my thanksgiving. And thanksgiving is what I'm supposed to bring with me when I come into the presence of God. Now you see in front of you, you have your notes. Two things that I want to lay before you before we close our time this morning. The first question that I'd like for you to ask yourself, and you don't have to answer it now and be done with it. Like I wanted to lay this out for you so that you can reflect 
days and weeks as we prepare our hearts for Thanksgiving Day. The first is the question, is there a circumstance in my life that's muting my gratitude and my thanksgiving? You know, there's a difference between feeling thankful and giving thanks. And it may be this morning that there's a lot of things that you feel thankful for, but something's muted your voice. Something's put you in a situation where you're not really living with thanksgiving. You may feel it. You may think it. It may be something that you feel here, but you're not living with thankfulness. And if that's the case, let me ask you this question. What circumstance is muting that? What circumstance is causing you to not give thanks? And so you don't have to answer that question now. I want it for us to study these passages in 1 Thessalonians and some in Psalms. And then I wanted for us to leave and I wanted us to sit with this question. Is there a circumstance that's muting, closing my mouth from giving thanks? And if there is, oh, my friend, deal with that. Because that circumstance doesn't have the power to hold you back from living a thankful life in the presence of God and with others. The second, what makes it possible to give thanks in all circumstances? Some places in this message, we've danced around the idea in a couple of places, we've said it outrightly, but I want to say it one more time to make sure that we all understand that being connected to Almighty God through the Lord Jesus Christ in a real and life-changing and meaningful way is what it takes to be able to be thankful in all circumstances. Because I can look back and see my justification. I can look in the mirror and see the sanctification happening. And I can look to the future and understand that glorification is what is to come only if I am in Christ. Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ this morning? Have you given your life to the Lordship of Jesus? Have you turned from the old way and put your hope and faith in Jesus? I hope you have. Would you bow with me? Would you pray with me this morning? If in this moment, God has shown you through our time of worship and teaching that you need to be justified, that you need to be saved, to become a follower of Jesus, there's so many different phrases, but if you know as you sit here this morning that you need the new life that the Lord Jesus brings, I want to give you this moment to say that to the Lord. 
I ask and I urge, I exhort and I plead with you. Don't walk out of this building. If you need to give your life to Jesus, do it now. For those of you who have, perhaps this is a tool that God has used this morning in your heart to remind you that the things that are swirling around in your life are important and significant, but they should never mute you from giving thanks to God. So I just want to give you a moment to make that decision with the Lord that as you leave this morning, that will be different moving forward. You may say a lot's changed in my life indeed, and yet we can thank God. I have a lot of problems in my life indeed. And yet you can thank God. Lord, as we in just a moment stand up and leave this place, we thank you. We thank you that in your mercy and your kindness, you meet with us every week. You inspire us and you bring conviction in our heart for transformation. You assure us of your love for us. You prepare us for a new week ahead. You do so many things when your people gather. And it's indescribable. We thank you. We confess to you, O Lord, that if in your infinite wisdom and authority you decided to never do another thing for us, you've already done enough. You've done so much. But we are grateful for your faithfulness to us. And with excitement, we look forward to seeing what you'll do in our life this week. So, Lord Jesus, as we go from this place, we travel these next two weeks in preparation for a season of thanksgiving and gratitude. Our chief and primary word of thanks is to you. You will that. You deserve that. And thanksgiving is what we bring when we come into your presence. Thank you, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.